0: the 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 space a little bit, but the, yeah, I don't think it's possible with Ted. <laughs> How do we get Ted to
1: Ted the dumb himself down? <laughs> I think like you know, I think this is a good mix because Ted is like crazy stupid, stupid smart, and I'm easy. I'm used to dumbing things down for people. Uh, mainly for myself. So if I can understand it, then Ted knows that everyone else is pretty much going to get it for the most part. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I think it's a good, it's a good balance of knowledge for SEOs and then local business owners. You know, if you want to watch and you're coming in and you just need some help,
0: um, then that's the trick. The trick is to get them some kind of involved. And when they discover how much work it is, is done for you services. Yeah. Yeah, if you're into that. <laughs> no, no, but, but you know what I mean. <laughs> they, they they will screw up the SEO by in, within five minutes. Yeah. And then they'll come for a rescue. That's what you're I mean. In all defense,
1: though, there is a lot of SEOs that screw up SEO within five minutes, too.
0: And then they're Yeah.
1: All right, so we're live. The pre-test stuff is going on. Hopefully you guys heard all my banter. And this is SEO This Week, episode 119. If you don't recognize a like, sexy guy there in the middle, well, he's in the middle for me. It's Ted Kubitis. Ted is out traveling, so if his internet works today, we know why, because he's out somewhere else. How you doing,
2: Ted? Doing Great.
1: And then the other handsome gentleman there with the cool guy accent. His name is Heinrich. Hopefully I'm pronouncing it right. Heinrich Hansen. Thank you for coming on, Heinrich.
0: You're welcome. Uh,
1: if you guys don't know, Heinrich has another show. He's with uh, Tony over there at Common, Common Sense SEO, right? Common Sense SEO. It's really good up-and-coming YouTube videos. He just did a series where they both just did a series on schema, uh, so if you're into schema you want to learn more about it, it's a really great resource. So check him out. Uh, and Ted also has another show called SEO Fight Club. And uh, if you guys are not familiar with that, we kind of give a spoiler on what we're going to talk about. This week, it might actually be a spoiler for us, because we don't even know what we're going to talk about yet. <laughs> well, I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, Ted knows. Yeah. He's in charge. Yeah, yeah. This, right.
2: this week's episode is our uh, rainy day of looking at the top correlating uh, factors. Oh, that's awesome. Because From- that
1: you had a lot of, lot of new stuff pop up, right? Or some, some other...
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: verified, et cetera?
2: We looked at uh, from before the Google Search Console uh, deployment and right after the deployment, and we're looking at you know how the, the top-ranking factors across all the Quora shared data, so across about 7,000 different keyword searches, uh-huh. um, and seeing which, uh, which factors are the strongest. So we're gonna go over that in detail. We're gonna talk about, Uh, What might have happened during the update? Nice. Let's see.
0: Okay.
1: All right. Let me call. Okay. With that being said, let's go ahead and get the stories rolling. We got 10 of them for you. Uh, I'm actually pretty proud of the community. They came out with some great stuff. Uh, some great information hopefully you'll find something there for you and then we'll close it out with a discussion with heinrich and ted and i on the schema and how to implement or ways to implement or ideas on implementing the new faq and the how-to schema uh, that uh, google is now supporting so Uh, Hopefully we have some good stuff for you. As always, SEO this week is hosted on DigitalEar.com. You can see the link down below in the uh, description and click that if you want to. I haven't actually, I haven't even updated the stupid thing. I got to do it on YouTube, Uh, and the articles are all there, so you can read for yourself and kind of follow back up. If you have any questions, make sure you leave them in the chat, and we'll get going. So the first one is Mark and syrup, and uh, Christina's back. With another roll-up of the Webmaster Hangouts, again, obviously, if you never watch one of those, it's a good way to, you know, get some sleep if you're suffering from insomnia. Uh, but occasionally, she pulls out some wonderful topics for us, and there's a few in here uh, that I that I think are of interest. In particular, I like this one: is the XML file should have the last mod date uh, to help Google re-index your pages if you change something. Uh, you know, for me, typically what I do is if I change something, I'll go on a search console and resubmit it anyway uh, automatically. But this is a way to just do that inside of your uh, sitemaps and assume that Google is going to go back and read those things. Uh, he did point out that if you abuse that last mod, Google will eventually just start ignoring it in your sitemaps altogether. Uh, so definitely something to work out. And then let's see, what was the other one? Uh, average position in Google Search Console is not a real indication of where your website is ranking, which is a uh, really I think most most of us that are have been using Search Console in the past and currently can already tell you that it's the we knew that, uh, but a lot of people were preaching or teaching. To follow that is almost a gospel. Google's telling you where you are. This is this is right. And then you go in there and look on your own, and you know that that's not the case. And they're kind of like just finally admitting that GSA, that it's not, that that average is not really right. So I think uh, that's an interesting revelation. Um, didn't really expect it from them, but I, I'm glad that they said it. Ted, do you have any thoughts on that?
2: yeah right right now I don't really trust any data outside of what I actually see in the search results uh, Google search console is still continuing to blatantly lie to me um, so yeah unless I can see it in the in the live search results I don't believe it
1: yeah I'm with you there too I, I kind of warn clients about that. You know, Google is trying to give us as much information as they, I guess, feasibly can. Uh, but you have to take everything that, that they do give you with a, bit, a grain of salt. Even Google Analytics, for example, I wanna, on my sites that I really care about, I run two analytics softwares to bounce that data off each other. Heinrich, how is how was your experience with Search Console? You, is it close in your markets or is it like crazy way off?
0: At the moment, crazy. So uh, as, as Ted said, um, I don't trust them at the moment.
1: Yeah, hopefully they improve that. I, I don't see what is her harming them uh, to make that accurate. As a matter of fact, I think it would actually be better for them because they can reduce the need for right trackers uh, and reduce some of the that load that they cause. So if they actually made it right, I think that would be a benefit
2: for them. Well, I... I suspect that they're uh, tying their own hands in knots. Um, You know, with Google Analytics, uh, they have sampling. And so these are known things. And they say they're sampling in Google Search Console data as well. But in Google Analytics, they actually sell a six-figure product to get that sampling to kind of turn off. Um, But they have no such product for Google Search Console. So there's no monetary reason for them to ever invest in reducing the sampling. And so they're probably sampling to a very extreme amount in Google Search Console. And if they're taking the data away from their own analysis, then it's never going to be a good tool. One day, one day we can hope. Yeah, so maybe, maybe they can charge fifty bucks a month to get unsampled uh, search console. I'd pay it easily.
1: I think I would too.
2: All right, so
1: the next one is Market Seal. This is a uh, Matt Woodward site. If you can't recognize the layout, I wanted to point this out because a lot of people are having a hard time uh, coming up with case studies. Uh, for whatever they're doing. In our, in our case, we do SEO. But if you're a local business, you might, and you're trying to sell to B2B, uh, case studies can help you answer the 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 buyer's question of you know what's in it for me. You know, I what do you got? and What's in it for me? And the case studies help do that. Uh, this is a great example post for you guys to follow uh and there are videos in here too just to format i had to do it really each case study is maybe 300 words and a couple screenshots in one video uh, so i think that you'll find that case studies are a lot easier than you think uh, and if you're already doing stuff to rank for let's say your agency and you're doing seo cities now you have some case, case studies already there just one two three bang those out or different niches uh, and there's no reason why you can't walk away from this post and then f- figure out five different case studies to help with your sales process. Next one is uh, from Buzz Simo. Not long. This is not from this week, but last week. And but I like the the information. And really, what it's telling you is how to use your uh, Google Analytics and. Pair that up with something like Data Studio, if you want to, to turn that into information that you can actually make decisions on. A lot of us uh, SEOs and local business owners in general uh, have all that stuff, and like, what does this mean? How do I use it? Uh, the key to this is not really the pretty dis- uh, visualizations that they created, but more the, the questions that you can ask of your data and pull answers out of there. Uh, Heinrich, how much do you guys use an analytic to make the, uh, database decisions for you, yourselves and your clients?
0: Well, um, we use it just to get the big picture for ourselves. So we don't use it very much to, to um, what you would say, um, trying in the selling effort, if is that what you're asking. Uh-huh. But we, uh, what we are doing is we focus more on, you know, GMBs and things like that. So it's self-sustaining in terms of the insights from the GMBs and the ranking in, in the tree packs. It's, it sells with cells. Yeah.
1: Well, that makes that makes sense. If you're focused on GMBs and that, the GMB insights, that still tells you some more information that you might not have known. Uh, just kind of guesstimating, right? So your brand impressions versus your other references, impressions, et cetera. Ted, I know you guys use- Oh AI yeah. AI, like
2: man. I was uh, a director of business intelligence for a large online retailer for, for many years. Um, and what a lot of SEOs don't realize is that rankings is probably the worst KPI you can use. And it's the one that the most SEOs use, but it's actually one of the worst ones you can use. Of of the top ones, it's the worst of the top. Um, What's better is looking at organic traffic, and even better than organic traffic is looking at organic revenue. And these KPIs can actually, you know, you could have one of them change and the other two stay the same. You could have two of them change and one of them not change. And one of the most common scenarios is you make an SEO change to your page and traffic and revenue goes up, but your rankings don't move. And things like that happen when it doesn't affect your rank position for a keyword, but whatever change you made, opened you up to a whole bunch of new keywords. And then all of a sudden you have this traffic and additional sales. But if if you're too focused in on the ranking of your one target keyword, you'll neglect the win. You'll go, oh, this did nothing. Take it out. <laughs> <And you laughs> not even know that you boosted your traffic in organic revenue.
0: I have a funny example. What uh, we did, we were working for, um scandinavian um, big company and we couldn't touch their local uh, site but we could go in and manipulate the gmbs so what we did was we actually moved the uh, main site uh, from page two to page one just to pumping up the gmb shots and looking at the insights from the um the gmb In the beginning, we weren't ranking in the three pack, but then we pumped it up into a three pack. But the traffic that we saw in the insights coming to, the say, the the views, exposures, uh, not being ranked in the three pack, actually suggested to us that Google might show a knowledge panel in a mobile phone, which you can't track. So whenever they decide to show a knowledge panel, you get the hit from the client or the code from the client. And we could see that there was an increase in the number of calls to this company uh, based on that. So just on, just a side. Yeah. I,
1: I've done that too where we have clients and they're hey, I'm not seeing rankings or why are you focusing on that keyword? And we use the conversion data inside of analytics to go, look, based on the numbers that you told us, uh, we've increased your sales by X number of percent. Our, our greatest win was 300%. Uh, and we didn't even change the amount of traffic that they got. Uh, we just ranked them for better terms and more buyer terms. So they got less traffic uh, in general with the campaign, but they got more higher converting traffic. Uh, and we probably would have lost that client if we were only talking traffic and ranking like like Ted mentioned that most people are doing right now. So uh this post will help you it'll give you an idea of what you want to do with data studio for example to create these visualizations but more to the point it's going to start getting your brain going and asking some better questions from that data Uh, and i think that you as a business owner will be able to see more of an roi on your marketing if you're tracking all this stuff properly and then as an SEO, you'll be able to to uh, demonstrate your value a little bit better. So, uh, definitely a good post to read. I I got a lot out of this. It's not a it's not a horribly long read. Uh, if you're looking for something like this to build, he did give away their revenue analysis. That's this thing right here. Uh, or you can get with Ryan Stewart. He's got the uh, the blueprint the blueprint uh, site a little bit expensive, like almost three grand, twenty five hundred, I think it was. Uh, but since they launched it, they're putting out even more and more of this kind of stuff uh, to help you understand Google Analytics a whole much better. So, uh, I check that out if you are interested. Next one is a technical. will will go too much into this, but basically, it's how to use Python. Uh, in Data Studio together. You guys know I'm kind of learning Java and I'm learning Python at the same time. More Java right now because I have a need for that closer. But uh, this post was actually for everybody. Even if you don't know how to use Python, you can plug this in because the code and everything, they explain it a little bit, and then they give you all the code to actually accomplish said thing. Uh, and then they give you a Data Studio template uh, just like that to help look at your con- your com- well your competition. Basically, what this what this is doing is going out and scraping Google, getting those information, uh, and then you plug it in into the Data Studio. So that'll help you for your keyword research uh, and see where you where you stack up against everyone else. Again, that's a really good post. Check that out. Uh, Googlebot. This one I kind of follow this one because Ted's Cora uh, and a lot of SEO softwares for that matter are all using Chromium one way or another to accomplish their mission, and now. The stupid thing, uh, Googlebot is rendering in with Chromium, and it's the updated version of Chromium versus one back made in like 2009 or some craziness. Uh, Ted, do you think this is going to impact SEO software uh, in general? And what do, you, what do you think? How is this going to help us as SEOs or as business owners? Why should
2: we care? Well, it's, it's great news for me because I didn't know how out of date the embedded Chrome and Googlebot was. I always assumed they were keeping it up to date, and they weren't. So uh, I think a lot of SEOs assume that they were keeping it up to date. And so it's kind of sneaky that they release it as good news, but it's actually an admission of, of bad behavior on <laughs> Um, so good news! Good news for Cora users. It means Googlebot and Cora just got a whole lot closer. Now the thing about uh, being evergreen, people will say, "Ted, why isn't Cora evergreen?" It's like Cora can't be evergreen because I have to wait for Google to release Chromium code, then I have to wait for a third party to port that Chromium code to Java then I can integrate the updated Java version of Chrome into my product and I can create new installers and get it out to my users. So that always means I can like do that maybe three times a year, but it won't be real time. I will always pretty much be a version or so behind whatever the latest is. And everybody else will be too, unless they're writing their application in C++ and getting the source direct. Um, I don't think it changes too much on how we do SEO. I think it might impact uh, things like the Google time exploit. Uh, Now we need to go back and see how Googlebot behaves because those behaviors may have changed.
1: You think it opens up the possibility of more advancements in web design and web development? Like everyone's talking about Angular and Google not being a Carl JavaScript, et cetera, et cetera. Do you think this kind of fixes that?
2: Um, well, I'd, I'd be careful. Uh, whenever you start talking about using those uh, JavaScript-heavy platforms, uh, we get back into to the Google time exploit. And what that really told us was that after about 1.2 seconds of JavaScript execution time, uh, Google stops listening for changes to your content. So Google's blind to everything after that 1.2 seconds of uh, CPU execution time. And so what that means is if your JavaScript takes longer than 1.2 seconds to execute, you have JavaScript SEO problems. Um, so that's that's really the takeaway, and that behavior may be different now that Google's up for green. We have to go back and retest. Retest that. Cool.
1: That'll be interesting. I'll, I'll openly admit that I had not taken the time to learn that JavaScript thing, and I probably should have being a good book
2: well, <laughs> if you do the, the waterfall diagram and the Chrome tools when you see how the page renders just look how much of the time is soaked up in JavaScript uh, it's more than 1.2 you got a problem sweet
1: now we do. All right, next one is uh, Rich Page, Web Page Optimizer. It's actually his name, Rich Page. Uh, this is a great post on CRO. I found this in one of the uh, Slack groups. He was kind of talking about it, which is good. It's kind of a key there. If you're going to write great content, promote it, or it no go to see it. Uh, this goes back to our other comments. I think we were talking last week, maybe the week before, about CRO and how important it is. This one goes into more how do you actually do it I don't mean we can all talk about it but how do you do it and how do you test it uh, I think you'll enjoy this this is a great read to get along and I won't get into too, too much detail you can pretty much see everything in there um, but the biggest key is it, not many people talk about CRO actually talk about measurement and pulling it off and he's actually doing that for you so uh, I will check that out uh, next one is practical e-commerce 13 SEO takeaways from Google State of the Union address uh This is pretty interesting. Just you know, again, people watching this boring stuff and kind of summarizing it for, so, for us. So I thought I would share that as well. One thing that got me was that they're going to expand three D and augmented reality stuff in the Google search. So three D models, three D pictures of image or animals, etc. That's one of the examples they gave here. Uh, I think that's pretty cool. Uh, if you can you know, leverage up for your market e-commerce. If you got the time and you want to do 3d models of your products, then go ahead and maybe something to look at. Uh, they're still looking only about 50% of the sites in the index are mobile first. And they're still saying people aren't updating and creating mobile sites, which is weird. Come on, it's 2019. What the hell is wrong with you people?
2: Well, you're exempt from mobile first. If you're responsive, you have to have an M dot to really have it be applicable. Yeah I would think that those two would be kind of at this
1: point technology is what it is wouldn't responsive fall under mobile mobile first
2: uh, no uh, responsive is 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 basically one source for both and it changes yeah. dynamically so if your website is responsive already you don't even need to worry about mobile first indexing right and google's support pages will tell you as much um, but if you have a desktop version and an dot mobile version or you're doing dynamic uh, rendering, um, then then you might have mobile-first issues. But if, if you don't have – and most people don't do MDOT anymore. Most people are doing
1: responsive.
0: Responsive, so, yeah. yeah.
1: So that would be, yeah, be logical for them to say it, it's 50% or mobile. Have a dot mobile or, or they're responsive. They're mobile compatible at this point. Yeah. Uh, let's see. And this is a good one. Google does not crawl images and CSS files. So if it doesn't have uh, the HTML tag that contains the alt attribute, it's not an image and your images won't be indexed. So that'd be something to point out to your developers if you're seeing that. And there's a couple other things in here
0: clint's Clint, uh, the the issue about uh, regarding image search might be of interest because uh, it's it says that uh, where do I see it this one here yeah fo- they're, they're focused on image research results and that's they they tend to highlight that again and again and uh, if you're using schema data The alt tag and uh, the relevant context around your image, then you have a higher probability of ending up in your image carousel or in the image search. Yeah, that's a good
1: point. I think for e-commerce, or you're selling yeah e-commerce, or you have a product of some type. Then you probably want to leverage images more and more. I don't know. I don't know why I don't understand why Google's focusing on images so much. Uh, could it be that Pinterest kind of showed them that images are leading the more traffic? Uh, is it a social media play where they're trying to, you know, there's more interaction on images?
0: Well, I think they, they get more when you look at the mobile, how people are stopping up whenever they see an image or clicking on a video. I think that the, the, the amount of uh, take throughs will be higher on an image. And if they want to understand an image, you know, they have the the cloud vision. Um, Google, tool, yep. Google which, which to a certain extent can detect what's in an image yeah. and by that Google can actually see whether the image or partial partial image exists on other websites.
1: Wouldn't that be contrary to the AMP program? So the AMP pages they essentially rip out most images and you know or really small, highly optimized images. So if you're going image heavy and you want a really good image, you're going to have.
0: I'm I'm, I'm not talking about go image heavy. I'm talking about describing your image. What well, normally? I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of normally really just dumping a bunch of Why? keywords and that's it. Instead of saying, for instance, uh, you've been on. Uh, on a show with Tony and when Tony sees an image, he is he, just uh, the read to him. Here's an image and then he gets uh, 200 keywords. <laughs> I.e., he's not getting described the image per se. So that's why if you put more effort into describing the alt tag, what's in the image rather than stuffing it with keywords, and the text around the image relates to that, then you have maybe a higher probability that your images will show up in the search results. That's what I'm trying to say.
1: Okay. So we were talking about two different things. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> now, that was, my question was more of why is Google focusing so much on images? There's got to be a play in there somewhere. We got to figure that out.
2: Well, I I I think Kyle discovered it like a year ago that when you use an image that Google already understands the context of, it adds to the relevancy of your page. Exactly. So they're probably looking at that that image context to see if it contributes to the relevancy of your text content. Makes sense. Uh, the last one I wanted to point out is if AH, href is not
1: in your link HTML when you're setting up your links, Google's not crawling those, which I found was pretty interesting. Unfortunately, this image is broke. I text them uh, on Twitter and sent them some notes saying that your images aren't working properly, but they're not fixing it. But uh, I've never really run into that. Ted, if you were, there's a link, but there's no href inside of
2: it's an edge case in HTML where that is not a required attribute for the tag. Uh-huh. So you can technically make a tags without uh an href and they will behave for all practical purposes like a span tag would.
1: Huh. Um, probably proper like you used why would a developer do that? Is it just trying to save the keystroke?
2: Uh, yeah, you know, I guess uh, with the, uh, you know, with jQuery and and all of these uh, scripting ways of dynamically routing links uh, as a JavaScript application, you know, this is kind of a new problem, and Google's admitting that, you know, uh, Googlebot does not know how to handle this new problem.
1: Yeah, huh? That's odd. Yeah, like I said, I've never run into it, but I thought that was really a standout there. Uh, let's see. Okay. Oh, this would be a good number for you. Google Index contains 130 trillion pages. I think. Wow, well, I mean, they
2: downgraded. <laughs> it's good to get a number from Google because uh, the last number I heard was uh, almost 200 trillion. So now they're saying it's 130. That's still. A lot of pages. A lot of pages. Uh, imagine how many hard drives you need to cache that to put it in the Google cache. Yeah.
1: Cache, crawl, maintain, keep updated, sort, classify, and then rank. Yeah. Stupid smart people. All right. <laughs> I put this in here because John Mueller said SEO contests are stupid. They're a waste of time. But if you need twenty five thousand dollars, then I would say, and you can win. It's probably not a waste of time. This is the second SEO battle that Wix has hosted. The first one was fifty k. There were rumors that they didn't pay out, blah blah blah, and then come to find out, they actually did. They paid that guy his fifty thousand dollars for winning. So if you need twenty five thousand dollars for Christmas, then I suggest you go ahead and sign up. There's two things you can two things you can do. If you love Wix and you want to rank a Wix website. Uh, then you can join it in that way or if you hate Wix and you want to rank whatever website then you can join it that way so I think it's a this is a good thing to do plus it'll just kind of teach you a little bit maybe it was working in that particular market you can kind of build off on that uh, like Ted said Google hates these contests because there's it kind of shows that there's some exploits in there I think it would be really cool if Kyle Roof joined up and did a law on Ipsum uh page see if that would rank. I think you know, that would be killer and kind of throw that back. And
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like if you haven't heard about the the one that uh, that everybody was talking about, that was Kyle Roof's Rhinoplasty Plano uh, contest entry. And uh, Rhinoplasty Plano was the keyword they were competing for. And the reason it was off the hook was Kyle did it with Latin boilerplate. It wasn't even English. It was yeah. just Latin gibberish. And he used our, our best knowledge of the of the day uh, to tune that gibberish by putting the right amount of keywords in all the right zones of the page. And a few weeks later, after the contest ended, it shot to the top and became number one, and everybody had exploded. Number one And number one in maps. Yeah. And then Google uh, found out about it through an article that was written. And uh, they punished it into oblivion, called it pure spam. Now, in my opinion, it was not pure spam. It was the most incredible piece of SEO content ever crafted in our industry, including everything that's ever come out of Google. And it was more educational, it was more insightful than any other industry document I have ever seen. So I think it's a Picasso, Google thinks it's pure spam, but Google's the monopoly and they censored it into oblivion and put the pain down on Kyle. And John Mueller comes out and says, uh, says that contests are a waste of time And I would disagree. We we as a community learned more from that contest than we ever learned from anything Google has said to us directly. For sure.
1: Yeah, and plus, time-wise, I think Kyle put maybe two or three hours into that site and the map. Probably the map was the hardest part for him, I guess, is getting that map set up. So. Um, again, if you want to, if you got 25,000, you want to try it out and, and go for it. I think this will make a great case study for you as well. Uh, it is, you know, it benefits Wix. Everyone's talking about Wix, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, people who were not using Wix beat them last time, like into oblivion. So uh, I'm sure someone will do it again. So if you want to try it out, I would go for it. It's 25K. What do you got to lose? Uh, second to last one is from SerpWoo. Uh, just so you know, I talked to Jason Brown he's over, he's the one who wrote these, uh, from SerpWoo. He is going, he's already agreed to come on and he's going to show us how he's using SerpWoo to make these. I think that'd be valuable for everybody. Uh, just kind of, you know, dig into this and do it on your own, uh, using that SerpWoo data if you have, uh, a, uh, a subscription over there. Uh, and if you don't, maybe maybe just find someone who has one and you can kind of partner with them or find other tools. As long as you know the method behind, uh, you should be able to knock this out. This is a good one for Ted because he's, you know, using uh, the attorney stuff. So maybe seeing this data that he compiled with SERPRU and comparing that with his data that he's getting in, kind of in, uh, inside of Cora, you know, mix and mash and see what's going on. So that's pretty interesting.
2: Yeah. Hey. I- I kind of like that SerkWu tool because it really highlights the volatility.
1: Yeah, it
2: does. uh, So this year, understanding Google's volatility is is big on my things to explore and research. Yeah, for sure.
1: So uh, check this out. Again, there's uh, three more here. Uh, So read all four. And then be ready for when he comes on. I'll actually announce that he's coming on in advance. So, you know, normally I'll put these together Monday and then you'll get the notice uh, from YouTube. If you're subscribed and you click the little bell thing, hint, hint, uh, I'll actually do this in advance. As soon as he gives me the the day and week he comes, I'll schedule that show right out uh, so you all know that he's there i think it's going to be valuable for everyone i'm looking for I, like i said i've been a user of serp since it started and i'm looking forward to, to learning from the guy and seeing how since he developed the steep thing how he's focusing and thought about the use cases of the data that it presents so uh, i'm looking forward to that one and finally the last story is google launches faq and how to structure markup so we all know what faqs are and we know what how-to posts are. Uh, we're all told to make those kind of things. I use those for supporting pages sometimes. Uh, the downside is now you put the structure data markup, and then the information is right there inside of the, the Google um, the the listings, the search results, and then you don't get the traffic. But now Google's showing you as you get, use this more and more, Google's showing that they trust you and they trust the information. So now you're more authoritative, in my opinion, uh, the more of these you can ha- take over. And I think this is the how-to structure data and the FAQ structured data are a great opportunity to leverage that uh, increase your brand awareness and uh, provide people some help while building your sellers out at the same time for your money stuff.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, still of the opinion that the jury's still out on these because yes, they make your search result bigger and more noticeable. So if you have them and your competitors don't, it really stands out. So I think it probably helps you win the click in that case. But at the same time, you have the questions and answers in the search results. So if the question gets answered without them visiting the page, you're getting less traffic. So I think what you actually need to do is when you roll this out, you need to look at your organic traffic for that keyword on that page before and after. And if it's a net gain increase, then it's all good. Uh, but if it's a net loss, then it's probably a bad idea.
1: i also look at your user flow. So if you're in, like, I, like I said, I set these up for silos, uh, the how to kind of posts, I'll set those up in silos for traffic. And if my user flow is showing that they're going there and just leaving anyway, then you're not losing anything. Uh, you're probably saving on server resources. If you just go ahead and implement this and, get more of the love from Google uh, in the future. That's my opinion on that. Heinrich, I know you're deep in the schema. Have you guys implemented this stuff yet, or you tried it out? Uh, And if so, what results have you seen?
0: No, uh, we haven't tried out uh, how to. Um, Could could you uh, go to the uh, structured data page? Uh, because there's actually quite a, a lot coming out. I was saying it's uh, docs uh, data types. Here, no, no. I was thinking of the Google, the Google um, Developers uh, com slash search slash docs slash data. Python types. Search, search data Types. Trend.
2: Yeah,
1: that's the how-to. Here's the all. Oh, it's dead.
0: No, no, but just, just, just go back once. Okay. Because if you look at the left side, you can actually see that they. It's not only in the how-to that has come up. You have, uh, for instance, a new one called Fact Check. You have... Um, oh, that the... thing has been around
1: since Trump. <laughs> so, so that fact check has been around since the Congress beat up Google saying that they weren't, you know... Yeah, yeah, but,
0: know. but it's it's it seems that they are most, you know, those are the bits which Google are focusing on compared to if you're talking about schema There exists, uh, much more schema in, in general. So it seems that they have been focusing on uh, s- certain specific things which you can implement. And, uh, you know, the web page in general, which is an implied uh, schema for, for every web page has uh, video and, and it has images uh, object in it. But now you can see they have actually have highlighted the video schema down there in, in the bottom. So, so there are uh, there, several schemas which you can actually can just go right in and implement. For instance, um, if you take a hit on the local, not in local business, but below this one called local, seems that they want to focus on that we are just putting in our local as a general separate one. You can see the JSON markup uh, as an example down there. Can you so say
2: that,
1: are you separating your schema?
0: No. Normally, what you will do, you will have that built into, for instance, your local schema as an asset data type. Yeah. So, so, uh, my um, my understanding is that they might want to have those little items isolated a little bits for people to say focus on, uh, rather than uh, we're trying to events uh, <laughs> what what they what we should focus on. The problem right. is with, with schema is that in one way Google will interpret what's on the page as they see it, and then they will look at the schema and try to correlate Is that uh, consistent. Does it correlate the, the, the things that you see on the page versus what you have marked up? And in the general uh, guidelines, they are telling again and again, don't mark up anything which is not visible on the page. So don't try to What they they call it, spam it, Uh, spam the schema because they'll penalize you at the end of the day.
1: Well, I don't know if that's necessarily true. Probably when it was dealing with microdata before Google jumped on the JSON LD uh, train because it's
0: easier. I'm not saying you shouldn't do it and you shouldn't test it. (laughs) I'm saying what they're saying.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, when I'm commenting that, I don't think that's true, And, and you know that when it was microdata, microdata is based off of the visual. What is, what is on the site? And then specifically they created the data highlighter in the old search console that you can, and then it would implant the microdata code for you. Uh, and then the JSON LD picked up and it's a lot easier. It's a lot cleaner to implement, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. And I think that's where they build out. But to your point that these are the ones that Google is focusing on. That's, you know, that's, Compared to what you know, what's over here, uh, I, I kind of, I, you know, I, 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 think I agree with that a little bit. That these are some of the things that Google is saying. Hey, leverage this stuff because we're reading it a little bit more. Uh, yeah. But as with always, I. Would
0: it's funny. It's funny that. they are the originator of the schema.org together with Microsoft and and um, Yahoo and uh, actually. New schemas are popping up all the time rather than you know, a special service schema rather than the professional service uh focusing on, on service businesses and things like that. So we just- can bring them
1: back full circle is FAQ page and how to. These are two new ones uh that Google announced that they're using now. Uh, which I think is key. Like Ted, I think this one is gonna be the hardest to implement. Uh, FAQ and how is it going to be applied they're using these on a specific page now so if you don't have if you're using like I have FAQs on top for each one of my services are kind of rolled up in an accordion there's two reasons for that one to answer any questions and two I can add some more information on the page and hide it in the accordion so um, I think this is a good one for everyone to implement E-commerce and uh, health sites might actually get a really good benefit out of this, too. uh, Just kind of support up more information. And then when we talk about the how-to stuff, uh, like Heinrich said and and Ted, I use these for silos. So if you're going to create those, look at, do what Ted said. Look at your traffic uh, before and after after. If you are going to implement it, make sure you're looking at your user flows. If you're using how-to articles, find out where the users are going. If they're just dropping off anyway, then go ahead and implement this. The bad traffic is not doing you good, but if it's not converting to the sale, uh, then why not just put it in here and and gain a little bit of leverage uh, and branding out of the snippet that they're going to give you. All
0: right. Implementing it, it's not a guarantee that you're Snippet will be shown because yeah. you you have to be an authoritative site. So if you haven't gained that yet, then you need to working on that.
1: Yeah, well, start off at low 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 competition stuff. Don't go after the big fish. Go after the low low competition long tail how to use. There's plenty of those there, uh, and you stack and stack and stack. And the more you get, the more Google trusts you. So that's a good option there.
0: One 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 thing I have started implemented is the event um, schema. The what? Event. So if you're seeing just up up, uh, that one. Okay. So what will happen is that you'll, uh, if you're lucky, you'll end up in a larger um, snippet. At the top they used to have these um, two lines quite wide side wide uh, uh, buttons with events but now they have uh, put it into uh, a rich snippet. and uh, so if you for the um, S uh, sorry uh, SEO <laughs> this week um, mark it up then you might end up in in a snippet
1: yeah I use I use Google posts I don't even, yep. yeah I just use the article schema on on the post and then use Google posts because I'm too lazy to make these like a week in advance uh, but I'll use Google post afterwards and say look what I did um, so that's yeah that's a good insight so especially if you're doing like a tickets website or whatever and you are selling concert tickets this would be a good way to to highlight that and kind of See if you can capture some of that traffic that those things are giving out. Uh, That's a good point.
2: I bet there's uh, a way to do schema for reoccurring events. So you could say, you know, SEO this week, you know, every Tuesday at this time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. This this, is time.
1: Let's see. Location, offers, currency, former name. I have to look in the actual schema uh, info to see if there is. Yeah, I'll have to research that. I'll let you guys know. We'll see what I come up with.
2: All right.
1: Let's see. I'm going to go to audience questions now because that's it for the story. we got about 10 more minutes, and then I'll let everyone go. Ted looks like he's getting tired. Uh, let's see.
2: Uh, duh, duh, duh. Sarcasm,
1: scanning, scanning. Uh, some random guy with letters. I know that you're in the last episode. Speak a little bit about hotlinked image spam, backlinks, and bots with and bot backlinks with anchor. How do you solve that problem? Uh, and is this a must problem for uh, the site? And is that must be a problem for the site? So uh, he's talking, to Ted about um, you know people are high linking taking images and hotlinking, linking and I've seen this used in a in a negative SEO way it's actually pretty effective uh, is there you know like on that um, uh, what was it called uh, the e-commerce website with the with the, that blanket imager how do you do that is there, like, a special code you got to do? You know, has anyone made a plug-in to make those things? Uh, so that uh, actually, if someone rips off your image, you just show them an ad instead and kind of protect yourself from, from that hotlinking gig.
2: My, my understanding is that you largely need to do this either from your .htaccess file uh, or you need to have a security appliance uh, in front of your web servers, so your own co-location, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, And most people don't have that because that's an expensive setup. So odds are your way of addressing hot linking is through your HT access. And it can be quite complicated. So if you're not technical, you might have to get a system administrator or somebody technical, a web developer uh, to craft the proper HT access entries. But what you can say in those entries, what's technically feasible, you can say when somebody tries to load uh, uh, cat.jpg, from my web server, uh, but their referring domain is not my referring domain, route it to this other image over here instead. Right. Your htaccess file can do that. And so what you can do is you can let people run rampant with your images for a week or a month. And then you go in and add the htaccess rule that converts all those off-site references into image ads that promote your show, promote your product, promote your service, (laughs) and all your on-site ones stay the same. And So you can take that exploitation and turn it into ads, free ads. Now, people will ask, well, how do you do the link? Well, you can't. It's just an image ad. It's just a brand impression. It's just a call to action. That's all you can do. It's just an image. Uh, but you can specify, uh, you know, if somebody comes from off-site to get that image for use off-site, you can surf up whatever image you want to those people using those tricks.
1: Well, I know image scraping from a perspective of um, e-commerce in particular, that's a big deal. And it causes a lot of resources, you know, affiliates, whatever, making taking your images and blasting your server, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that's a good...
2: Yeah. And, and if you happen to have a uh, free shipping with a uh, $25 or larger order this week, then make that your off-site image redirect uh, <laughs> and, okay. you know, share your promotion. You know, come over here to get that great deal. Yep.
1: And also it's a good way if you're like if you're following under the I kind of got into the you know a uh, negative SEO kind of thing. Uh, doing that will actually cause that redirect and it'll kind of save you from that negative SEO stuff. So um, I would check that out. I will look, I'll talk to my developers and see if we can make a plugin for everyone to make that easier to kind of implement. You know, just go in there and change the information in your HT access file and then let you set a default image for those hot linking things. I, don't, I can't imagine that's be too complicated to do. So uh, I'll talk to my devs today and see if we can knock that out for you guys. Uh, let's see. Follow up, John. You, you asked, "How do you check SERPs?" In that case, so I you probably need some more context for that one. If you're still here,
2: I think he was talking about the contest, so the yeah. Wix contest. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, I
1: don't know. How do you check SERPs? In that, <laughs> or maybe he was talking about the Search Console stuff. But I'm not sure. We need timestamps in this stupid thing. Uh, Let's see. Dwayne pointed out you can sculpt your own Q&As. Exactly. I I actually uh, recommend doing that uh, a little bit. Uh, That will be helpful. Let's see. Uh, Actually, you sculpt Q&As for GMBs. So, you know, fake account, go in there and ask questions, and then you go in with your real one and and answer. So you can kind of leverage that. Let's see. Uh, Last call. Doesn't look like there's more questions. Uh, Simon White dropped off, said Cloudflare can prevent hot linking, scrape shield, Uh, some other resources if you're uh, into that. Uh, I don't like using third-party services to do it. So if I know how to do it on my own website and my own server, then I'll leverage that uh, I think a plugin will help most people will accomplish that and if it's something as evil easy as uh, putting in uh, a couple lines of code and, and then having that you know that default image set uh, and when don't even use a plugin. And I'll show you guys how to do that uh, on your HG access files we can implement it that way so I think it'd be I think it'd be good for betterment in the community uh, so thank Ted for coming up with the idea all right, Ted, uh, Heinrich, do you guys have any final thoughts?
2: No, uh, happy hunting. Uh, check out uh, SEO Fight Club tomorrow, and remember to subscribe. We really need uh, those subscriptions to enable our features and YouTube to do better and more stuff for you, the viewers.
1: Yeah, I, again, I thank all everyone for subscribing and helping out SEO this week. Uh, we met a 1,000 uh, visitors is It's the only one we had left to turn on monetization. And um, I didn't want to attention and I had monetization turned on for all the videos. And then I 49 cents. So thank you for your 49 cents.
2: <laughs> Not even a cup of coffee. Not even. <laughs> and
1: Heinrich, thank you for joining us. Your audio is out. Nope. He's quiet. We lost him. I think he's going
0: to get go it. I'm here. I'm here. I'm <laughs> I'm sitting and bothering away, and you can't hear me.
1: <laughs> yeah, what, they, what, we, on the show. we appreciate your insights. How can more people find you if they want to learn more from you?
0: They can go to the Common Sense SEO show each Tuesday at 10.30 a.m. Subscribe to the channel there.
2: and uh, uh, what time? Um, pardon? What time zone? You said
0: 10.30 a.m.? 10.30 Eastern, which is uh, 3.30 U.K. and 5.30 my time.
1: Okay, perfect. And with that, everyone, thank you very much for uh, checking us out and watching SEO This Week, Episode 119. And that's a wrap. We'll see you next week.